number of years ago in a parish far away, I had a gentleman uh, come into my office, and he wouldn't tell me what he wanted a meeting for, but uh, um, as um, he came in, I kind of knew. He and his wife were very, very generous with the parish in the past. there was a number of times that they uh, given sizable gifts. And he said, Father, I want to give something, but I want it anonymous. I want to give $100,000 to the school's um, endowment. But I, I don't want anyone to know. And I said, well, I'll know, and, and the parish bookkeeper will know, but, you know, we can do the rest. If No, no, I, I, I want it all through my accountant and, and lawyer. So not even your bookkeeper knows, how can I do this? Well, go through your accountant and lawyer. So about, about a week later, he came in, and he, he looked rather sad. And I thought, well, what is this all about? And he said, you know, Father, I need to tell you, um, as I picked up this $100,000 check from my lawyer, I, I got home, and I thought I was doing well, and that, that there's no way that God can outdo me in generosity. I got home, and about an hour later, my sister called. Now, he was the youngest of three. His sister, he was in his 80s. His sister was probably almost 90. And she said, you know, we found uh, some stock that mom and dad had. Your share is $800,000. Father, I cannot outdo God in generosity. I thank God he was doing it anonymously, but I, I kept wondering why he was so sad about that, that, that fact. But uh, part, of the, part of my wondering uh, was because of something that happened in another parish sometime before that. We needed a new church roof. It seems like almost every assignment I've had as a priest or as pastor, I've had to put on a new roof, so I, I feel really at home here putting on a roof within my first year. But in this particular parish, they had a very generous family that they simply, the pastors in the past, simply would go over and say, we need whatever it is. And they would simply sit down and write out a check, and, and no matter the amount, it didn't matter. They, and honestly, we could have. We needed $70,000. I took it to the council, and I said, I would rather not go there because it's not just their parish, as generous as that is, And one of the family members of that family was on the council, and she kind of agreed with me. I said, in fact, I think we should cap what people give to about 10,000. 70,000 is not that much in a parish's size, and they really haven't been asked to give too much. So the weekend we announced it, uh, I gave, gave my rationale for it, and without telling about the family or anything like that. And after Mass, a widow came up to me and said, Father, I'm, I'm so sad that I can't give anything. I don't have anything to give. In fact, last week I had to make a decision between paying for my medicine or buying some groceries. I said, well, while you cannot give financially, you can give something. You can pray for the success of that, this campaign, that those who can will step forward and give, and that all of us will, will know that that generosity and, and everything. When she left with a smile on her face, and I thought, well, that, that was good. The next weekend as she came, she was smiling. I could see her from a distance, smiling ear to ear. Have you ever seen that? Even if you can't see the person's face, there's a glow about them. And she was waving her hand at me, and I thought either she's really mad at me or really, really uh, happy. And as she got closer, I, could see, I still couldn't see what she had, but as, I, as she got closer, I knew it was happiness. 
And as she got within earshot, Father, I don't know where this came from. I don't know how it got in my coat pocket, but it's going to the capital campaign. Here, here's $5. She was so joy-filled. And I said, well, last week you said you didn't have anything. You know, you need the money more. No, Father, it's going to the campaign. I shared that with the council, and that week uh, before this, we had received ten, or three $10,000 checks. Within two weeks, we were at $140,000 for a $70,000 project. But that $5 meant more to all of us. I didn't tell the council what her name was, and they, they, there were a number of widows in our, in our parish in the, uh, at the time. But they knew. And when we read this gospel passage, as a community, and as the, the, uh, the council just, we saw that in action. Yeah, we did. Because honestly, like I said, that family could have just simply wrote out the check to the whole works. Instead, everyone grew in generosity, and we were moved. Jesus uses this as a teaching moment, of course, as, to use a, a phrase I don't like saying too often. But right before this, of course, we have him chiding the scribes and the Pharisees who says the guy who is wearing long robes and sit in places of honor. We've already joked about that this morning. But he's, he's saying, look, they, they, they devour the houses of the widows. They do all this stuff just for money. And, and they, they, are, they aren't even aware. And then, uh, then you have the rich who give and give and give and give and, and there's, they just give. There's no pain. There's no sacrifice. There's no sense of joy, perhaps like that first gentleman I shared about. They're giving because, well, they have it to give. And then you get the person who doesn't have, who gives. And Jesus uses this poor woman, this poor widow, as an example of generosity. In the days of Jesus, widows were among the, the least. An orphan at least had hope that he would be able to grow up or she would be able to, to grow up and marry somebody wealthy. A widow had nothing. In fact, often their, their property was, was claimed by the authorities, and they were left with nothing unless they had a ch child who defended them, a biological child. Widows had nothing. And so this widow is living day to day, and all she has is two small coins. Uh, we might call them mites. That's a, a later phrase. And uh, lepton, uh, lepta is the, uh, the name of the coin. It's only worth a few cents. Adjusted for inflation, there would be about $2. I think that's appropriate, maybe. She gave $2, which was the sum of everything she had. And she gave it freely. These are not part of the tithe that they were required to give. After all, she most likely didn't earn anything. Tithe is on what one earns. This is out of the wealth they had. So the rich are giving and giving and giving and giving all this stuff and, and taking some pride in this, and there's nothing wrong necessarily with that. But this widow is giving because she knows it's the right thing to do. And she is praised. 
Sometimes we think generosity is about a percentage. And this part, part of the reason I don't talk about tithe is because for, for some people, 10% is way too much. For others, 10%, which is what a tithe is, of course, is way too little. Never mention the fact that in the Old Testament, the tithes was both taxes and their religious duty. We will talk about taxes later, of how we're paying a lot more than 10% in taxes and religious duty, of course, what we give to the church is on top of all of that. For some people, 10% is nothing. For others, even 1% is too much. And I think the, the widow stands as, as an example for all of us. Are we giving to the point where we recognize our need for God? Are we, like the widow in today's first reading, giving first to God, well, God through the prophet? Are we giving, trusting that the, God, that the Lord is going to provide? You think about that. She had just enough food for her and her son for one meal. We shall eat and then we shall die. The way it's worded, it sounds like the, the flower is poisoned, but that isn't it. It's, that's all they have, and no one's going to give her anything because it is a famine. Go ahead, do what you propose to do, but first feed me. And they ate. The Lord provided for the year until the rains came, the crops started coming in, and they were harvested. Do we have the ability to trust that God is going to provide? I've seen it in my own life, not only the widow that I already mentioned, how I knew financially she was struggling, but I've never seen such joy in anyone, not just at that moment, but uh, the rest of her life. Do we give because we have to? Do we give because we have it to give? Or do we give because we understand it's an example of our, our gratitude for what God has given. And this week, in addition to having these readings, and oh, technically we're kicking off the diocesan ministries appeal, next week we will have the video, and two weeks we'll have the actual appeal. But we also have National Vocations Awareness Week. This was changed a few years ago to this week, after uh, the first full week after All Saints and All Souls Day. A recognition that we are all called by God, we're all called. And all, some of us are called to lives of service, in particular service in, to the church as priests, deacons, religious. And our response to God is always a response in generosity. It needs to be. Do we recognize that God has called us, gifted us with certain things? And do we give because we are grateful for what we have received? If we do, I think the Lord will praise us too. In fact, we have that in the parables, don't we? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. We are called to give, to give our lives generously, to give not just because, but to give because it's an action that re responds to God's love.